Why is there a declining birth rate problem in Western civilization? When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0, joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. You get topics on Prepping 2.0 that you won't get on any other prepping podcast. Today is a great example of that. Birth rates are declining to shockingly low levels in the U.S. and Europe. What does it mean for our quality of life, and is it something to prep for? And as always, remember, the only thing harder than planning for a disaster is explaining why you didn't. So speaking of disasters, there's been talk in the media and it's kind of leveled out recently regarding EMPs and threats of EMPs. I think it's more than just EMPs. There's threats of lightning strikes and CMEs, coronal mass ejections. Thank you. I got it right. We have a great uh, story from one of our fans whose uh, entire solar array was protected from- 20, 30,000 bucks. I holy crow, it was awesome. How did he protect that? EMP shield device. EMP shield. It's basically a household size, a car sized, a solar array size surge protector. It has been very much uh, studied and tested and certainly tested with a lightning strike would tell you that it works. I encourage you to check him out so that you can protect your, your stuff, all your stuff from an EMP, a CME, and a lightning strike. You can find them at our website at prepping2-0.com. Click on Friends and Affiliates. They have a nice little coupon code over there for you as well. Time for the top 100 items that disappear first. This is a list coming from Bosnia Survivors. This list is available at the Prepping 2.0 website. Look on the right-hand side for top 100 list of things. Our website, prepping2-0.com, is a cornucopia, a plethora of information. Number 11 on this list, half of this is legit, half of this is dumb. This is dumb. This qualifies with Glenn and Shelby's thinking as dumb, so go for it. Charcoal and lighter fluid. Who cooks with charcoal anymore? (laughs) I mean, you know, there's Hank Hill who would tell you that with propane, you can taste the meat, not the heat. But this isn't a show about my imitations of 90s cartoons. Now, lighter fluid makes a ton of sense. There's a billion uses for lighter fluid. Um, If you get thirsty in a pinch, you can drink it. Don't do that. Don't try that at home. If you really hate a beehive, don't do this. What I do think it speaks to the larger thing, and the larger thing is know how, have a way to, have the supplies to cook something outdoors. Whatever form that may take. I don't recommend charcoal just because it's big, bulky, and takes up a lot of valuable space. That's our thoughts on that. But, you know, if you've got a wood pile, whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Reason of the week to be a Patreon, it's the lightning round, which happens in the after show where Shelby asks me five random questions. I give the first thing off the top of my head. It's hilarious. I found a new list this week, too. That's right. So I'm excited. Here's what you missed in the after show. You're a new addition to the crayon box. Hmm. What color would you be and why? I would be sparkly awesomeness. Is oh, that, why? Why? Because I'm awesome. And you're sparkly mm-hmm. with the black eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am indeed sparkly. Let's get into it. Is Western civilization doomed? Maybe. Birth rates in the Western world, which we consider to be the US, Europe, Australia, Japan, and Canada, are plummeting to levels that mean society cannot continue to go on. That's a pretty big issue, but no one seems to be talking about it. You can count on your hosts here to bring you the information you need to know. Sit back and learn about a huge topic that could greatly affect your life. Well, here we go. We have an organized outline because this is a big topic and we value your time. The name of this episode is Where Are the Children? Here's the problem. There are too few babies being born in the Western world to sustain Western civilization. We're gonna look at whether this is a problem and if it is a problem, what exactly is the problem? I know that someone in their brain somewhere and says, I know how to solve that. Let's all start making babies. It's not that simple, boys no, and girls. No, it's not that simple because if it were that easy, believe me, 
a lot of amorous young men would have figured this out by now. So, and then the final question in today's episode is how do you prep for this, which is legitimately a slow rolling collapse of Western civilization? You would think that we as preppers would have a plan for this, but that's an interesting topic in and of itself. How do you prep for this? We save that for the end so that you'll actually listen to the episode. That's what we do here. A very important statement at the very beginning, because those on the left who listen to this show professionally, they uh, work for people that uh, try to keep tabs on the prepping community. They're going to say, aha, racism, we found it. We have found Prepping 2.0 to be racist. They're talking about how awful it is that there aren't enough white people. Uh, no, we're not saying there are too few white people. What we're saying, and of course, statistics and history back us up, we're saying there are too few people in the Western world. We're saying the Western world, this is an assumption we're making. I think it's a fair assumption. The Western world is good. We have the rule of law, pretty much. We have a free economy, pretty much. And that if declining birth rates undermine Western civilization, then these good things like the rule of law and a free economy are in danger. So that's what we're saying. There are plenty of native born people in the Western world who are not white. Shocking. America has people of all colors. Shocking to the left. They apparently don't know this because they live in their little lily white suburban gated communities. And they don't get out and mix with people. Native born non-whites. So think of Hispanics in the United States. They have the same concerns as white native born people by and large. And so we're talking about Western society, Western civilization as a collection of people of all colors. So please get that straight. And let me put this out here, too. If Western culture falls, like how we're going to describe here today, those other countries that are not Western, that are um, third world countries that depend on the world economy, not just to supply them, but to sustain them. If Western culture goes down, everybody goes down. And even more to the point, yes, absolutely. Even more to the point, large swaths of the third world that fight with each other depend on Western civilization to send in peacekeepers and military forces yeah, exactly. and to deter horrible violence. Is it imperialism? I guess maybe should America be the world's policeman? No, not the UN exactly. UN isn't going to do it though. Oh, the UN has a track record of raping kids when yeah. they go into peacekeeping missions. Yeah. So the UN is not exactly the gold standard of uh, international security. Let's just put it that yeah. way. So it matters a lot to the entire world, not just white people. The world is made up of people of all kinds of colors. I know I seem very silly saying something so fundamental, but sometimes I think the left doesn't understand this. Again, they need to get out more and hang out with people that are not like them. It would do them a world of good. But hey, this episode is not about how much Glenn Tate dislikes and disagrees with the left because quite honestly that would be a 19 hour episode and you know uh -huh. nobody's going to stick around for that so there we've made it clear this is not a racial thing if that is the lens through which you view this oh you, you should just you turn need out. to see a psychologist well and you need to turn this off yeah you need to turn this off right, seriously so now we head into the big question of what's going on it's pretty easy it's actually math uh, oh my goodness, does it come down to something as solid and objective as math? Yes, it does. A society needs women to have approximately 2.1 kids per woman in order to sustain a population. Why 2.1? Why not 2.0? Cause I know, I know. Ha, ha, why is that Shelby? Because men can't have babies. So she has to, the idea is that she is replacing the offspring of both her and her. Well, partner. that's why you would go for 2.0. Right. That's 2. just to maintain. That's right. 2.1. You need to have 2.1 kids because sometimes kids die. Yeah. And, and there's they a mortality. Don't, and, it, and, and some kids are infertile and then they cannot have babies of their own when they're adults. So you need 2.1 kids per woman to sustain a population. The United States is now at... And I checked these statistics on the interweb, so it's got to be true. U.S. is now at 1.8 kids 
per woman. Can I ask a question really quick? Yes. How long has it been at 1.8? Do you know? Um, it's been roughly steady for decades, since about the 1970s or 80s. Um, interestingly, uh, last year, uh, 2022, it went up, you know, 0.009%. But see, those little variations, they don't count, they don't count yeah. In, yeah, in in the big picture. And so we, we found that um, audio podcasts that have a lot of numbers uh, don't get listened to because right. they're hard to follow along well, with. I'm just, I, I, the reason why I was asking, and I'm sure somebody out there is wondering the same thing, maybe a handful of our listeners, how many, how much was that affected by COVID and the aftermath of it? So it, that's what made me ask that. It the the theory is is that when people were staying home they were getting tight you know what i'm saying yeah, they were getting some, nice some, there were the covid babies yes yes there were covid babies but these are little blips and so the us is at 1.8 europe is even worse yeah and they've been 1.6 yeah. their figures like greece is 1.32 monaco <laughs> teeny little monaco we're going to get into that example here in a moment Monaco is at 2.09. Woohoo! Way to go, Monaco. There's like 50 people that live in Monaco. Representing. Mm -hmm. So 1.8 in the US, 1.6 in Europe. Let's just blend them together and say 1.7. Shelby, true or false, is 1.7 less than 2.1? Uh, carry the one. Yes. Okay. There you go. See, I turned the lightning round tables on you and I, I turned oh, it into- that's nothing. No. That's child's play. Compared to what's coming at the in the after show for me. Um, it takes decades for this low birth rate problem to catch up with a society. So there's good news and bad news about the amount of time involved. The good news is, as I say, it takes decades for this to really become noticeable. The downside is, is that once this trend is going, it takes decades to reverse it. So it's kind of like the, the metaphor of turning a battleship around. It takes a lot of energy to get it to go in one direction, but it takes a lot of energy to like get it to go back in the correct direction. One of the reasons nobody, and I'm serious, Shelby, lightning round, do you know of any prepping show that has covered the birth rate topic? No. No, because nobody else is thinking about it because it takes decades. And so we are long-term planners and thinkers here in this audience, right? That's what you do. You're constantly thinking of things, taking reasonable precautions to make life better in case of disruptions. So we thought, what the heck, let's let's go for it. Let's talk about something that is a multi-decade problem. Um, it's going to start hitting us. It's already hitting us now, but it's really going to be felt in a disruptive fashion decades from now. So, well, and let's just yeah. put it out there and you'll get into this. I know there are powers that be out there that are working this. Well, we're going to get into that, yeah. yes, in, yes, in just a moment, but yep. you're, you're exactly right. Um, why is this happening? Well, it's pretty simple. History shows, and and for the left out there, history is something you can look up. It actually You exists. can't change it despite yeah. all your efforts. That's right. History shows that as societies become prosperous, birth rates fall. Um, prime example would be the Roman Empire. I like to use the Roman Empire for comparisons to the United States because it's uh, generally a pretty apt comparison and it doesn't turn out well. So there's that. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Rome had this problem. Um, the British Empire had this problem. All kinds of empires have had this problem. Now, it varies. I mean, empires in third world countries with third world traditions don't have it as bad because they have higher birth rates as we'll be talking about in a moment. So it doesn't affect the Ming dynasty as much as it did say Rome. So there's some variation, but I mean, as far as a trend goes, you can look at history. You know, it's funny. I do the KHNC radio show on Fridays, which is great if you're a, um, a Patreon at the $5 and up level, you get to see the videos of the shows most of the time um, when the upload works. And so I do this KHNC show and and one of the co-hosts is a guy named Jason. He's a big conspiracy theory guy. And he and I go at it all the time. Can I say to to a, a, a little bit of a crazy level? Yeah. Not, well, I gotta maybe say. not crazy, kind of a really out there He's, kind of a level. Yeah. And so people love it. I mean, it's fantastic radio to listen to 
calm, rational, well-informed Glenn, which I clearly am, and then versus a Jason. A little bit out there, Jason. Yeah, and, and it really it teases out the issues. You get a good uh, analysis of things by listening to both of us and deciding which one's right. That would be me, by the way. So anyway, the, the classic conspiracy theory versus level-headed um, discussion went on Friday about birth rates. And to my absolute amazement, Jason, the conspiracy theorist said, oh yeah, it's pretty much history. And I said, you're not saying that, you know, there are people sneaking into water reservoirs, um, poisoning the water to reduce birth rates. He said, no, not really. And I said, you're not saying this is part of some giant conspiracy to kill people off, uh, to, to mess with birth rates. And he said, no, not really. It's pretty much history. And I thought, oh my goodness, we actually agree on something. It this was a bit what, of a, this a is downer. What a, well, and this is what a collapse looks like when Jason and Glenn agree on something. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you know it's true. So you can put that in the bank. That is to say this, we don't think there are any big conspiracies in our mind that are causing this or accelerating this. Now, that being said, there are many on the left, globalists in particular, that absolutely love the effects of this. They like, and we'll talk about this, the weakening of Western civilization from an influx of people from non-Western parts of the world. They love that. They love the cheap labor. They love all this kind of stuff. And at the margins, I expect people in power to do stuff to get what they want. So I'm not saying there's... There's no cause and effect. I'm not saying this is entirely a math matter and it happened in Rome. So it's happening here. The globalists are helping on the margins with this transformation that's happening. I'm going to disagree with the ever uh -oh. so slightly. Jeez. I think the globalists are, are know what's going on and they're participating in it. I agree. And they are they are reveling in the in this. We agree 100%. Yeah. Okay. My point is, is it's not some direct cause and effect. It's not like Bill Gates gets on his computer and orders his minions to dump sterilization right. chemicals in the water supply of Baltimore, Maryland. That's I, what I'm saying. Right. That I agree. Um, and I'm not going to say it here. He does it other ways. Yes. Okay. There, there are other bad things that globalists do. This just isn't one of them, exactly. in our opinion. Exactly. And, and one of the other cool things about being a Patreon is, is that you can provide comments um, in the in the show for the posting for this show, with, which includes the after show. And I expect to have some spirited debate in there. And um, this is just our perception. Right. We don't think that the... 100% explanation for this phenomenon is a conspiracy theory. Well, and, I, and I'll tell you, we touch on things, um, some of the more specific antics that some of these globalists are up to where we won't get deplatformed. Because it's in the after show. It's in the after show. And the censors don't listen to the exactly. after show. Because they're not Patreon subscribers. No, they're not going to pay us money. Yeah. If, if we get a Patreon subscription from B. Gates at Microsoft.com, Declined. Decline. Yeah. Ixnay on the Gates A. Mm -hmm. Back to why this is happening. Um, it's pretty obvious that when you have an improving health condition in a society, um, there that means there are not as many extra kids that are necessary because a lot of kids die. That is to say, when fewer kids die, you need fewer kids to sustain a society. So, it's kind of a good problem to have Western civilization in that we are so relatively healthy and relatively prosperous that we don't need to have six kids because four of them are going to die and only two of them are going to make it. So that is one of the other reasons this is happening. And it's one of the reasons as societies become more prosperous, they have lower birth rates and nobody sends a memo to people saying, hey, have fewer kids. It just kind of is the way it is. People are like, oh, I don't need six kids. Well, and I mean, think about it. I mean, it is these days, it is absolutely shocking if somebody loses a child through through some sort of oh, mortality. Yeah. I mean, it's shocking. It, it's it's far more likely that there are accidents. Right. And, and crime. Um, right. <laughs> especially when you have um, Joe Biden in the White House. Um, but anyway. But... Mm -hmm. But you used to plan. I mean, you used to just know I'm going to have children and they, there's going to be death. Right. Yes, exactly. And there's we just don't have that. Now it's a shocker. Yeah, exactly. So another reason for a legitimate non-conspiratorial reason for uh, declining birth rates in the West 
is that you don't need to have lots of kids to take care of you when you're old because in a prosperous economy, you can save for retirement and the government will take care of you. (laughs) Oh, I'm seeing a trend here, Glenn. Mm -hmm. Ding, ding, ding. I'm getting it. Exactly. So these are some legitimate reasons. Here's another factor, and we're not going to talk about this at length. This is a divisive issue. Some people don't want to hear about this, but it is a fact that in the Western world, abortion is legal and to varying degrees prevalent. It is very prevalent. One in three pregnancies. Mm -hmm. So there's already that. There's always already that drain on childbearing. So you've got abortion in the Western world. It is having an effect on birth rates because birth rates are measured as live births. Also, and again, we're not going to dwell on this topic because it's divisive and we'd like to have as many people listening to our message of rational prepping as humanly possible. In a post-Christian world, and I think we can agree that uh, society is not nearly as uh, Christian, Western society is not nearly as Christian as it used to be, I would cite to you all of the churches in Europe that are absolutely empty on Sundays. Um, Anyway, in a post-Christian world, kids are often viewed more as time sucks and money sucks instead of being viewed as blessings from God. And so you've got this headwind when it comes to people having kids because it's like, oh, come on, that's that's old timey. That's like what they say in church. And I don't go to church anymore because I'm a hip young person living in Luxembourg. And so we're not going to have kids. So let me point out, let me just little shameless plug here. Shelby's series of books. Yes. Where there was an unplanned, unwanted child. There were considerations that had to be taken to effect. And I very purposely chose the words that I chose. The heroine of the story has a long discussion with somebody about what are we going to do here? And it was said very clearly, and I said it very intentionally because of this agenda right here that we're talking about today. Children are a blessing. Mm-hmm. I think your point is is that it takes books reminding people of yeah. this because it's not like America in the 1950s where it was just like, well, of course, kids are blessings. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's just what everybody thinks. That's no longer right. Right. the case. We have a, about a minute and a half before we're going to go into the break for the second segment. But I wanted to provide you with a little visual picture of what we're talking about here when it comes to why there are birth rates declining in the Western world. Let's say you're a young couple in Tokyo or New York City, both parts of the Western world. You can go to a museum or you can change diapers. Um, this illustrates how prosperous societies mm-hmm. exactly. um, uh, have situations where people's priorities with time and money go in directions other than taking care of kids. And when we, when we come back, um, we're going to uh, talk about why young Americans can't seem to earn enough money to have kids because that is a huge topic and it deserves quite a bit of time. Oh gosh, yeah. That's what's going to happen on the other side, folks. We're going to delve into the economics of all this and how the globalists are leveraging this and making it more panicky and more, more, just more and more. So ladies and gentlemen, join us on the other side of the break. Don't go away. More Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com. Without water, you're done in three days. Pro One Water Filters. It's literally a matter of life and wet. Pro One G 2.0 All-in-One Gravity Systems are NSF ANSI 42 Component Certified. Not everybody can say that. No need for additional add-on filters to reduce fluoride. Pro One Stainless Gravity Systems include a stainless steel spigot and a countertop stand for no additional cost. Pro One Water Filter Gravity Systems. Check them out at ProOneUSA.com. That's P-R-O-O-N-E-U. 
usa.com. Most tested, most trusted. In a tactical situation, your AR is your life. Gibbs Arms makes a sweet feature, the only side charger that can use a standard bolt carrier group with no modification. Gibbs makes them in 9mm, 5.56, and 308. In fact, Gibbs Arms has been granted eight patents for unique innovations. The company started back in 2008 when two Boeing engineers realized no one else made what they wanted. Take a look at their website and see all the ways Gibbs Arms can help you mod your AR. Gibbs with a Z, arms.com. That's G-I-B-B-Z-A-R-M-S.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everyone. Shelby Gallagher here. Little story I want to tell you. You mm-hmm. know how I always say that I need Glenn to quit having <laughs> health things, medical emergencies. Mm-hmm. So he's had one this week in a way. It's very minor. He has a black eye. How'd that happen, Glenn? And it wasn't me. No, funny story. I'm at a Chamber of Commerce event because I'm a respectable member of this society, this small town in Montana that we live in. And so I'm at a Chamber of Commerce event and I got up to speak. And I said, you're probably wondering why I have a black eye. I do indeed actually have a black eye. He didn't believe me, by the way. Yeah, because I don't look at myself in the mirror because I'm a guy. Why would a guy look in the mirror? It's just weird. Well, yeah, anyway. So I, I think it's funny that you didn't know you had a black eye. So I get up in this crowd. It's a serious black eye. I mean, it looks like Rocky. I mean, it was like, you know, serious black eye. So I get up and I say, you're probably wondering about the black eye. I said, I'm an attorney. I'm an extremely aggressive attorney. And I got in a fist fight with another lawyer and people in the audience, they, they were like, oh my goodness, this guy's out of control. I said, either that or I had lens replacement surgery on Monday. So just so you know, when they do lens replacement surgery, I think they put like a thing on your eye to keep your eye open. And I think it's like the jaws of death, like that firefighters use, you know what I mean? To like get into a card or something like that, but it causes a lot of bruising. So that's why I have a bruised eye. Thanks for noticing Shelby. Yep. Oh yeah. That's my man. He gets into fight with lawyers and has eye surgery. But in all seriousness, I encourage you to check out our great sponsors over at our website. You can find them at prepping2-show.com. Click on friends and affiliates. You'll find over there Pro One Water Filters. Oh my gosh, they're awesome. KD Armor stands for Come and Take It Armor. 
Backwoods Home Magazine. Oh my gosh, we just got our latest subscription from them. Numana Foods deals in bulk freeze-dried foods, Minuteman Coffee. They're the reason why I can speak so fast today. And Paul Burke Realty. You can find him specifically at firstresponserealty.com, powered by Fathom Realty, specializes in finding prepping properties in Idaho. Do you like to be cool? Do you like people to think you're cool? If the answer to either one of those questions is yes, you should consider Gibbs Arms, G-I-B-B-Z Arms. They make one of the coolest guns on the planet. They have a variety of different ones. It's a left side charging AR platform. So one of the only things that Mikhail Kalishnikov got wrong was having you charge, cock if you will, the rifle with your right hand. Well, your right hand for most people is the one on the pistol grip and on the trigger, safely off the trigger when it needs to be out of the trigger guard. So your right hand is on the pistol grip. That means your left hand is the one that needs to charge or cock the weapon. Well, Gibbs Arms solves that problem. And again, this is high praise. If you can improve on a design that Mikhail Kalashnikov did, then you are doing well. So it is the left charging AR platform. I have one, super cool. I get a lot of compliments on it. I like to feel cool. If I can be cool because of my character or my achievements, or I can be cool because I bought or because I bought something, I'm gonna go with the easy thing, which is buying something to be cool. Archive Dive, we go back and we look at old episodes and we tell you about them because a lot of new listeners don't know that we have so many old topics, so many old episodes on so many cool topics. Episode 54 was called Mind Games, Psychology and Personality Types During the Collapse. And our guest and fantastic guest was John from the Prepared Mind channel. That was in October of 2019. It's a great primer or primer, it's pronounced both ways, on psychology and all kinds of mind games that people play and how that in a collapse situation gets uh, accentuated. And manipulated. Mm-hmm. So now back to our question, why is there a declining birth rate problem in Western civilization? I'm going to focus on America for a moment because quite honestly, that's the country that matters the most, duh. And it's the one with which I'm most familiar. One of the reasons we have declining birth rates in the United States is that young people, and everything I'm saying is a huge generalization. I'm sure somebody's going to raise their hand and say, well, my nephew isn't like that. Okay, I believe you. Your nephew probably isn't like that. But we're talking- Well, it gives us hope too in those moments. So So, this is a generalization. A lot of young Americans can't afford to have kids. Why is that? There are low wages in this country- Again, there are exceptions. I'm sure your nephew went to medical school and makes a lot of money, and I'm very proud of him. But a lot of Americans can't earn what their parents earned for a variety of reasons, one of which is, in my opinion, the debt-based economy that we have where debt is the way that we have so-called prosperity, which really isn't prosperity. It just seems like it because people have a lot of stuff because they borrowed a lot of money and they have to pay a lot of interest. Other reasons why kids can't earn as much as their parents, we have more and more government. And I think it goes without saying, the more government you have, the less prosperous your economy is. I don't think that is a shocking statement to the listeners of this show. And so to put this in contrast, I can tell you about myself and people I know roughly my age. I'm in my mid-50s. I remember... When I was in high school, there were kids that in one summer would earn enough money to go to college and live. For example, where I grew up, there were a lot of commercial fishing vessels and they would hire high school kids to work their tails off a grueling summer of fishing in Alaska, for example. And there were kids I distinctly remember. So this is the mid 80s I'm talking about. Get your inflation minds going, like what stuff cost in the mid 80s. In the mid 80s, there were kids in my high school. I never did this because I was not a glutton for punishment that came home with $20,000. And I'm going to guess total ballpark about 50 grand right now. And a good friend of mine. And you can pay for a college with that kind of money back in those days and, and somewhat this, these days. Yeah. Tuition and living expenses were lower. So not only could you make more money, stuff cost less. 
This is why we always say I miss America. A good friend of mine, back when we had a natural resource economy and it was legal to harvest natural resources in this country, a friend of mine would spend his summers logging, working his tail off. Yes, he made enough money to entirely pay for a good state college and all of his living expenses, maybe a little beer money, maybe there was a Mustang involved. I'm just saying he had a pretty good life that he could pay for with one summer worth of work. Now you can't do that for a variety of reasons. So let me add to that. Uh, my former father-in-law, same era, that kind of older generation era, he graduates from high school. Gosh, he's several years old. In the 50s. Yeah. Late 50s, graduates from high school, comes out of high school, starts working in the logging mills yep. in Oregon, and is immediately able to support a wife and children. And stay-at-home wife. Buy it, and buy a house. So stay-at-home wife yep. can buy a home because the home that they bought, it was a very modest home. Was yes. A, uh, $10,000. $10,000 home. He can buy that and he can support his family. She can stay home with the kids. That, at age 19... And that's a real thing. That's and not that, a made up and thing. That's not, and not only that, that's not a weird thing. That's the way it was. Exactly. You could come out of high school and had enough knowledge that you could work. So when you hear people say family wage jobs are gone, that's sort a family wage job, meaning this can support a full family. We don't have those anymore. You either have minimum wage jobs or you have corporate $200,000 a year job. Those family wage jobs in between are gone. And as a result, those families can't be supported and people are choosing not to have kids until they have their financial stuff in order, which is going to be well into their 30s. Things are different, aren't they? Yes. And there are two other reasons why the example you give was true back then, but is not true now. Mm -hmm. Number one, we could log trees. Yeah. We could harvest natural resources. We could farm, we could fish, we could mine, we could drill for oil, we could do all these things. Natural resources, it's free money. When you take oil out of the ground, it's free money. When you fish, it's free money. It costs money to catch the fish and process the fish, obviously, but it's free money. So there's number one is there were natural resources that could be harnessed. And number two, taxes were so low, you didn't need to have a woman go to work to pay taxes. So a woman could stay home because, and we're generalizing here, so, Very much. Uh, but because a man could make money in a natural resource economy and a wife didn't have to go to work because taxes were so low. So the best quote that I remember back in the days when I lived in Oregon and I knew many of my elected officials, I remember one of them saying, how do you grow an economy? You grow it out of the ground. Yeah. It's agriculture. It's all the things we've been saying. Mining. And when you have the globalists start espousing things like climate change, can't do this, got to get rid of the cows, that's part of the agenda as well, is to stop that industry, thereby making people more dependent on government. Bingo. Oops, there I said it. Uh-oh, there you go. That's why we miss America. We do like the old America where we could have prosperous economies and we could have young people starting off their lives at age 19 instead of age 30. Joking about living in your parents' basement to your 26. I mean, that's sad. Statistically, but it's, it's extremely common. That's what's happening. Yes. So now we get to the question, is this declining birth rate situation a problem? You can kind of tell from where we've gone with this that we think it is a problem, but we don't just give you generalities on Prepping 2.0. Oh, no. We don't do that. We bring receipts. We bring the breakdown. So when we ask the question, is this a problem? We're going to look at whether it's a problem economically, socially, and politically. Let's start off with economics. It is a problem. Declining birth rates are a problem because there are fewer people in the workforce. At least there are fewer native-born people, which we'll get into that distinction in a moment. So when you have fewer people in your society you have fewer customers. Remember, that was the big thing. The globalists back in the 80s, they said, we're going to make friends with China because there will be a billion people buying Pepsi, a billion people buying Oldsmobiles. That was how we were going to grow the American economy. We we're going to make all this stuff and have this gigantic new market. Turns out it didn't work so well. So when you have fewer customers, you have less economic activity. When you have fewer people in your workforce, you have less competition, which means you have more monopolies. Monopolies are not good. 
I think we all agree with this. So, for example, when you have fewer people in the workforce in our small town in Montana, let's say there are 10 plumbers. Well, when you've decimated the workforce by 50%, which takes decades, and we're in the process of doing it, you've got five plumbers. This more than just it's going to take three weeks to get your dishwasher fixed, which is in and of itself is a problem. It's a quality of life problem. It's an economic problem because you've only got half as many dishwasher repairs, which means you've only got half as much income being produced from repairing dishwashers. But it also means with less competition, more monopoly. So instead of 10 and when you only have five, those five are like, hey, I'm going to charge double because, hey, you want to wait three weeks? You want me to come today? It'll be twice the price. Your price of repairing a dishwasher just doubled indirectly because of fewer people being around. And here's just a reality that everybody can relate to. When you have fewer people, you have less economic activity. Let me ask you this. Is there more economic activity in Mongolia or the United States? Do the math. You can see how having more people, now it can get out of hand. You can have slums in parts of the world where you have millions of people crowded around little things. Yes, these are generalizations. But in general, the more people you have, the more economic activity you have. I think it is fair to say, and I would challenge any economist in the audience to uh, go one-on-one with me on this, population is good for economies. I think that is obvious. So economically, having fewer people is a problem. Now, socially, now here's where we get into the really interesting stuff. The social aspect goes something like this. Whatever traditions and heritage native-born people have, those start to get diluted with non-native-born people coming in. So one of the assumptions we're making here is that as you have declining birth rates of native-born people, you're going to have people from other parts of the world coming in. I think the United States is a fantastic example of that. Let me be clear back to the no racism statement that I made. We're not just talking about people coming from the southern border. There are all kinds of people coming to the United States on H-1B visas, which are basically high-tech workers. American corporations love H-1B visas. The software industry is completely reliant on people from India in particular and China and other parts of the world to have skilled people come in to do jobs that they can't. The corporations say they can't find enough native-born Americans to do. What the corporations really mean is they get to pay people very, very little money for someone from India to come over here and work at a software company in, say, Seattle, Washington. See, we can start to see the political Mm -hmm. ramifications of all of this. They go to blue areas primarily. And so we're not just talking about low-skilled people coming to the United States, and that has an effect on wages. But even the H-1B people, the high-skilled people from other parts of the world, I mean, you can have H-1B people from Canada, for example. This is not a racial thing. So the H-1B people depress the wages of software employees. Oh, who benefits from that? The software corporations. And so the young person that's bright, that is hardworking, that says, I'm going to make my fortune in software. You're competing against people from India. They get paid a fraction of what you get paid. And by the way, corporations have been known to abuse H-1B visas by telling people from other parts of the world, you better work really, really hard and you better accept the pay that we give you and the working conditions or you're going back home. Now, this person, let's just keep using the example of a software person from India, comes here and is probably sending back a lot of money to his or her family in India. And that can get cut off by not playing ball with the corporations. So that is another reason big business loves declining native-born birth rates because they can bring people in very, very cheaply and do the same amount of work. So, but back to the social, I I keep drifting into the economic sphere. Back to the social Well, they're all related so much. They are. The reason that declining birth rates in the Western world are, in our opinion, a problem is that by and large, remember, we're generalizing here. Whenever you talk about billions of people, you kind of need to generalize because if we got into a discussion 
of every single one of those billion people, it would be a really long show that no one would listen to. So in general, people coming into Western countries to shore up the population have different values and traditions. Oh my goodness. You mean that there are different ways that people live in different parts of the world? Yeah, I think that's pretty much an established fact. And another generalization, so get ready liberals to get mad at me, but I don't really care what you think. Most of the non-Western world has either no rule of law or a much diminished love and acceptance of the rule of law. And many parts of the non-Western world are rife, which means riddled with corruption. So you've got much less tradition and heritage of the rule of law and much more tolerance from these places for corruption. Well, that means that you've got more and more people coming into the Western world who either don't understand or don't care or actively dislike the rule of law, or they don't know or care about or mind corruption. In their world, corruption is how it's how it is. And so they're far more tolerant. <laughs> Tolerance is usually a good idea, except when it's tolerating bad things. People from non-Western parts of the world in general are far more tolerating of corruption in the Western world. And this is a huge social problem. This is really a big deal. So I guess you could say in some on the social situation, people from non-Western parts of the world are less likely to buy into the Western world. And they're, they're far less likely to assimilate. Has anyone in the audience ever been to London? Uh, there are entire parts of London, really big swaths of London. No go zones. That are entirely uh, Pakistani, entirely Indian, uh, entirely uh, Middle Eastern. And to say that people from non-Western parts of the world are less likely to assimilate, I think is a fact. Does it mean that they don't assimilate at all? No, people from all over the world, in the case of England, everybody loves fish and chips. So, I mean, you know, there are some things that are acceptable, but the, uh, the general tolerance for corruption, I think in say a Pakistani part of London is a little bit higher than it is say in other parts of London. So just, I'm just being honest with everybody and explaining the problem and why it is. Well, we've also got a political aspect and as Shelby correctly noted, all these are related. The economics are related to the social, which are related to the political. One of the major political problems um, from low birth rates and people with different heritages coming to the Western world to shore up the population numbers is you've got an us versus them mentality. You've got a split between native born people and newcomers. Um, big business wants cheap labor. So big business will support all these people coming in and look at the, the US Chamber of Commerce, which used to be, by the way, 20 years ago. Pro-business. Pro-business. And I guess they are pro-business, but they're pro-big business. And they are all about uh, no immigration controls, they're all about H-1B visas. They're all about uh, corporations paying people as little as possible. And so that has a political effect because now you've got – look at what it's done to the Republican Party. Now, there's been a huge transformation of the Republican Party, thanks to Donald Trump, I think, for the better. But even a couple election cycles ago, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce – would say, we're going to have unrestricted immigration and Republican office holders and candidates would say anything you guys want. And that's why Republicans used to be pro, largely pro unfettered immigration. And now that there have been some changes within the Republican Party, you see the Republican Party being far less okay with unrestricted immigration accent on the word unrestricted being the problem. So a, a huge political problem in Western societies with this split between native born and newcomers is that traditional native born people want to keep their way of life. We see this classic example, Netherlands, where you've got farmers that want to continue to farm domestically, like growing stuff in the Netherlands are having huge riots, 
huge protests. They have elected a ton of their people to the Dutch parliament. And you've got political divisiveness and conflict and friction because of all these non-Dutch people coming to the Netherlands and it creates tons of displacement and, and traditional people uh, want to protect their way of life. A side note on this and an example of leftist hypocrisy, uh, there are so many examples, um, is that to the left, um, non-Western people keeping their traditions is a wonderful thing. Oh, if if people from Pakistan do particular things, that's awesome because they're just living up to their tradition. It's their cultural traditions. Yeah, but when it comes to Dutch farmers having their traditional way of life, oh, oh gosh, no. we can't have that. So tradition seems to work one way and not work the other way. And I just think that that is absolutely hypocritical. Another political ramification of well, all this. Let me throw yes, in there. The left do. has lost their ability to be embarrassed of their hypocrisy. Yes. I've said that and I've written that multiple times. No they, shame. No shame. So they're real quick to point it out and 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 create hypocrisy but they give two rips about what they do and and we'll just run right over it. We you see that constantly in the media. I just want to put it out there constantly. An example by the way of the left having no shame when it comes to this particular topic is and this is highlighted in your books a yes. great state is the left seems to not find it troubling that many of the immigrant cultures that they welcome with open arms to dilute native-born traditions. Right. Um, many of the immigrants uh, believe in things like um, stoning homosexuals to death. We do not support that on this show. We I do don't not. think any Americans do, but there are people from parts of the world, some people from some parts of the world that are all about they, they, they are in favor of stoning homosexuals, yet the left's gay pride and all that other stuff seems to not matter when it comes to embracing people that want to actively kill homosexuals. And then you add no to shame. that the defund the police, the district attorneys who won't prosecute. Add to that. And I thank you for reminding me that I, I received quite a bit of ire to my books because I pointed that, that out. We, we have this unfettered influx of these people that have these beliefs and yet we, and yet we don't prosecute them on the laws that they break that are murderous. Yes. By any other standard, by our own laws and standards. Right. So it's, we have these huge cities, these huge swaths of cities that are um, uh, morally lost. So yes. we have to wrap it up. Oh, we're just getting started. Well, right, because we're going to take it into the after show, correct? Yes. So, folks, join us in our Patreon after show show. I encourage you. We're going to continue this discussion. But as we say every week, failing to prepare is preparing to fail by Benjamin Franklin. Have a great week, everyone. Adios. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.